Hey, everybody, it's Mathis. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. Hey, you know I'm Canadian, and you know what? I'm also proud to say that insulin for diabetes was invented right in my home country of Canada, the same Canada that brings you Hawkins Cheesies and Ross Rollerball Peterson, two amazing things. Hey, it was a shocker to me to find out that on average, the same insulin in the United States can be upwards of 10 times more expensive than the exact same product up in Canada. Go to prairieinsulin.com. Uh, tell them Pulp MX sent you to get an additional 10% off the already low Canadian prices on insulin and all other prescription medications. Check it out. Uh, they believe that you taking care of your health shouldn't burden you financially. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, save on medication. Prairieinsulin.com. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Renthal. Talking to Ezra Lusk today, a uh, good guy, and uh, I haven't done one of these for a long time with him. Now, I did a career look back with Yogi at some point, so search the archives because this one isn't isn't that, uh, that one. We're just going to go down memory lane a little bit. I got to ask him some questions and all that, but... It's not a true look back, but uh, I want to thank Yogi for the time. Good dude. Glad to catch up with him. And uh, yeah, really fun podcast to do. Thank you, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Brayton, Osborne, Baggett, just some of the guys that wear Fly Racing out there. Uh, please check them out online. Uh, their new stuff is out, the Kinetic Mesh. You can order online and get it delivered to your house. Uh, or if you're so inclined that your dealer is open, in some areas it is. Don't know when you're listening to this, but it's COVID nineteen time right now. Uh, you can go down there and look at fly racing stuff uh, as long as you stay social distancing apart. I hope everybody else is staying safe. Thank you, Fly Racing Max's tires as well. MXSTs mountain bike tires, UTV tires, uh, light truck and trailer tires as well. Maxxis.com for your all your tire needs. Think about them the next time you're looking to order a high end uh, uh, motorcycle tire. And Renthal Renthal.com, the winning brand in manufacturing design for the last half century. Renthal continues to lead the world at the very top level of the sport. Amassing more titles than all competing brands combined. Yogi used Renthal for many, many years of his career. Won a lot of races with him. Um, so thanks to Renthal. The Fat Bar 36 is out now. And uh, yeah, good job for the guys at Renthal. Renthal.com. Hashtag grab life by the bars. Also, alias CBD, designed for the extreme athlete and all of us, including myself. Everyone is talking about CBD right now, of course. But the alias pain bomb is so much more. They spent two years working with the top scientists in the field to create a bomb. Uh, that works, and their motivation was a love of motocross and finding a new way to advance the sport. They are also the official pain bomb provider of the Geico Honda uh, Factory Connection Racing Team. Visit aliascbd.com for more information. Alias Racer X is the code to save. Alias Racer X is the code to save 20% with those guys. So thank you to uh, Alias, CBD, uh, Renthal, Maxis, and, of course, the folks at Fly Racing. 
Just FYI, uh, about halfway through this interview, I switch and call him up on a landline because there are some sketchiness in the Wi-Fi signal uh, over FaceTime audio. So just FYI, hang in there. It gets better in the second half, but there are some parts that break up in the beginning. Let's get uh, started, shall we, with uh, Ezra Lusk here. Here we go. Now, as promised, uh, a good friend of mine, I haven't talked to him for a long time, but uh, happy to do it on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Renthal and Maxis, 125 Supercross champion. 125 motocross winner, 250 motocross winner, 250 supercross winner, Ezra Yogi Lusk. What's up, Yogi? How are you? I'm doing great, man. That's what's happening with you. Glad Nothing. to be on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on. We have, we've done one of these a long time ago, but uh, it's been a while, and uh, I appreciate your time. And everybody safe? Everything doing, uh, doing well in this time? Yeah, we're all safe. We're, uh, you know, trying to be smart. I've got a 17-year-old now and a 12-year-old, and where we live, we've got quite a bit of kids kind of we don't live in a neighborhood mm -hmm. but we live kind of an area that um you know they've both got a handful of three or four kids that they've just kind of hung out with and they hadn't went and hung out with it really with anybody else so it's kind of like our own little self-quarantine <laughs> right you know and uh we're like as long as you don't leave the group you're good <laughs> yeah yeah really right but it's crazy. you know i mean it, it's just impossible to keep kids just completely quarantined but i mean we're mm -hmm. being as smart as possible and, and you know all that good stuff but you know speaking of that i just get back from riding mountain bikes on a mountain bike trail so i guess yeah me i'm a 12 year old but we were quarantined we weren't around anybody either <laughs> yeah I, I i've been mountain biking a ton lately i got an e-bike and i just been loving it and uh yeah um i passed a guy on a trail like kind of close it was like a single track you know on the side of a cliff mountain thing and we kind of yeah. had to like we kind of had to one guy to stop and i i went by and we, I, we got close and i'm like that's like i'm like is that okay like i don't know if this, this guy breathing on me <laughs> like like these are things you never thought of before you know, and now you're like, well, yeah. wait, you know, so it's yeah. a different world. So it really is. It, it's, it's amazing, but you know, I, I just, we just got to do what mm -hmm. people that are way smarter than, than us are telling us to do. Yeah. And, uh, that's, so, yeah, that's what we're doing. So did you go to, uh, did you go to Atlanta this past year? I didn't see you there. Did you go? Yeah, I did do Atlanta this year. You know, there was a few years that I didn't really go anywhere much of anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the last few years we've went, I didn't get to go down to the pits as much as I wanted to this year. Mm -hmm. um, but actually I did. I did the um, there the last couple of weeks before the Supercross, um, the Legends and Heroes got a hold of me to want to do something. Oh, okay. And so that was pretty cool. Yeah, so we went down like before the opening ceremonies mm -hmm. kind of, you know, really early and did a few things with those guys, which was cool. Um, Brock Glover presented the little award for, yeah. to me, which was cool. You know, I remember going back. Me and you were talking before we went on air about all these old old stories and back in the older older days yeah, yeah. glover was kind of one of one of my heroes because i've been watching a lot out of like uh my hero type days yeah. like glover and ale and stanton and right. cooper and what about or just what about rj I, man he was so good and he was my guy right. growing up you know um yeah he was just amazing. You know, the list can just keep going. Yeah. I mean, I could just keep naming guys that I, you know, it was cool for us, you know, uh -huh. me and Timmy and, 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 and kids like that that live in the South Georgia, Florida area to go watch Gatorback every year. Yeah. You know, because it, Hannah was still racing when me and Timmy were kind of about that age, you know, and 
Um, you know, still doing well. Yeah. Kehoe, I mean, goodness gracious, just Did, Bowen, Tishner. Um, when you were a little, yeah, when just, you were little, were any of these guys cool to you? Did you talk to any of these guys? Did you get autographs and all that stuff? Were you one of those kids? Um, I, I really don't remember being that kid. Okay. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I was just as happy enough to to be able to just sit there and watch them. Right. I remember getting goggles. I think maybe from Bowen. Or something, mm-hmm. you know, Keith Bowen yeah. back in the day. But I was always just too scared to go up, and I just, <laughs> I even at an early age, like I just kind of wanted to respect them and not yeah. like be that, be like, I think like my kid might be a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I took him to Loretta's last year, and he just would not leave um, Hayden Deegan alone. Oh, really? Him and his, his little <laughs> buddy Ryder. He finally, I think, ended up giving them a couple vegan hats or something just yeah, to yeah. get them to leave. <laughs> get out of here, kid. But, yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, um, yeah. For, yep, my kid. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I always bug Red Dog about this. So when he was 16 or 17, he won a trip to Japan to go race a pro supercross because he used Yokohama tires, right? Mm-hmm. And so he raced RJ. This is 91 or 90, whatever, 90, 91. He raced RJ there, and uh, and he, he always – and he, I think he bailed too. And so he makes a joke like he's raced Bale, RJ. He raced Ricky, Chad, James. Uh, uh, he just, he raced all these guys wow. through the years. Like how old is he, yeah. right? He was like 16, and he's thrown into this pro-Japanese yeah. supercross race. And uh, he was say uh, shitting brakes, you know, obviously. He was super nervous. But he's raced, oh, yeah. he's raced all these guys, you know, at some point. Mm-hmm. So kind of crazy. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, 92, when I first started racing pros, I remember doing a um, press day. Mm-hmm. At Atlanta, when it was um, the old stadium, the yeah. original stadium. Yeah, Fulton County. And, uh, yeah. Fulton County yeah. Stadium. Yeah, exactly. And Bradshaw was doing press day also. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I mean, I couldn't handle myself. Like, I didn't even know. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, when they do press day back then, it was basically the finish line jump. Yeah. Come back out on the start yeah. and do a circle, do the finish line jump for about 15 minutes, you know, about right. 50 laps. <laughs> yeah. And every other lap, he would lap. And just it was like that was his best year, I think. In Supercross, yeah, he was number four. And Lord have mercy, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy though to me. So you you were you were a star from a young age. You were Team Green guy. Uh, they let you go. You and Dement got in a fight, and they fired both of you, and you. Got picked up by Suzuki, but <laughs> that's a great story. Let's go straight to that story. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I said go ahead and go straight to that story. No, yeah. I know, but no. Well, here's the point: is like, <laughs> like so. When I talked to Red Dog and him and I, he's he yep. was like, dude, Yogi was a superstar from when he was the youngest kid. Like whenever you were super young, you, you know, were, you were always super fast. Well. I'll go ahead and tell you a story about that. Yeah, okay. So he told me one time, he's like, Yogi was always fast. Yogi was always going to be the guy. And there was never any doubt. And when Team Green dropped you, you know, uh, Suzuki picked you right up. And But here's my point is you're talking about being nervous with Bradshaw in 92 and, and just staying back and watching these other guys. But to me, you were in the spotlight for a long time. But I guess mm-hmm. it didn't matter. You didn't look at it that way. But to me, you were you were the you know you were the James Stewart, Michael Lessie of 
you know, mm-hmm. the, the late 80s, on, on, on 80s and on up. Well, you're right, Steve, but, you know, the spotlight back then is different than the spotlight now. True, yeah. You know, I mean, you look at, like I mentioned, Hayden Deegan, you know, I, I mentioned him because my kids follow him on Instagram and everything else, and it's just, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, like a, a big deal. Like, there's a ton of other kids also there in the same situation, but, I mean, they're, that's a huge spotlight, just huge, and the good thing about it is it's teaching them to kind of handle this kind of stuff before mm-hmm. they have to handle being up there with Damon Bradshaw, you know, right. on the same track. And, yep. you know, now it'll, it'll be whoever's still left over racing pros about when, once they get there, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a big name. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, from the get-go, I remember going to Las Vegas, the World Mini Grand Prix, and racing Damon Huffman when I was like eight years old. Yeah. You know, from the get-go, and yeah. we were first and second. You know, Timmy was kind of like my one of my main kids I ever had to race against back here on the east. Damon was one of the main kids yeah. I raced against out on the west, you know. and But, you know, t- talking about Timmy and, and me kind of growing up, I mean, he was the same situation. You know, it, it just – I don't know if Timmy really traveled quite as much as I traveled mm-hmm. until a little bit later, Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember racing Timmy, and I tell a lot of kids – this story like because i was doing a little bit of motocross schools there for a little while and stuff and and i'm like because when they talk about not liking a certain type of soil or a certain type of track and i'm like the first time i ever raced timmy ferry he lapped me right in the sand right he lapped me at, at coco beach <laughs> he lapped me you know and i had no idea what i was doing in that sand right no idea and he lapped me in six laps or five laps whatever, whatever it was, it was. yeah yeah you know, and I'm like, you know, so anyways, yeah. I mean, we we definitely did, but and then the whole the whole Kawasaki thing happened, and yep. Um, but I didn't jump right into a Suzuki ride, that's for sure. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. See, no, I, I mean, yeah, as I thought, it, it was uh, you well, were on Suzuki's right away from after that. Well, I bought it. I bought. They gave me one Suzuki, and I bought. And actually, I didn't jump right on Suzuki's right away. Actually. Freewheel and Honda, Jim Brandon from Freewheel and Honda, uh-huh. he gave me an 85 to do the, because, you know, that was the, that was the mini Olympics that that happened with me and Jeff DeMint, and then I raced the Winter Ams on a Honda, and I actually bought two used ones from the Cyberts. Do you remember Kim and Jason Cyberts? Yeah, Seibert? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. I bought yeah. some of their used ones that was a couple years old to practice. And so I did the Florida Winter Ends on those. And then meanwhile, we were talking to Suzuki. But by yeah. the time we got to um, the Texas National, I forget what it was called back then, but it was our next national mm-hmm. in Texas. Um, I, got, I had one Suzuki and they just told me if I did good they'd give me another one and <laughs> anyways i ended up getting you know three total by the end of the year right <clears throat> but that's kind of how that all planned out but yeah the dement, goodness the demand thing what who started that what happened with that tell us about that a little bit well i felt like at you know we raced each other a lot like mm-hmm. me and timmy when we raced each other we had to worry more about our dads than we did us yeah yeah <laughs> You know, and so there was really never an issue. Um, and then Jeff, there was always an issue on both sides. Yep. And uh, so at 
the, at Loretta Lynn's, and one of the little now is the big sand rollers there, mm-hmm. kind of by the. Uh, I hate to say it, but I remember this when I went there this year, the beer tent or whatever, where that sand <laughs> section is. Yeah. The only thing I remember about that straightaway, and uh, that used to be real, real tight. Uh-huh. And he was in front of me, one in one of those corners, and I mean, I felt like he brake checked me. Mm-hmm. And because he obviously hit the brakes, I hit his rear end, went over the handlebars, broke my arm. So I kind of had that in the back of my yeah, head yeah. because, you know, your next race is the, the Winter Olympics. Yep. So we get to the Winter Olympics and we kind of start doing the same thing to one another. And they told us if one more thing happens between you two this week, that's <laughs> oh, they, it. You're they, done. They gave you the warning. They told us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. they told us. Yeah, they they told us if one more thing happens between you two clowns, you know. Is this uh, is this Heben? Something's going. Is this Heben? Who's in the Team Green guy then? Sternson? Was it, was it Bruce? Man? No, it wasn't Bruce anymore. I don't think. No, I don't think. I couldn't imagine yeah, Bruce yeah. telling us that. I can't remember who it was. Okay, but they warned you. you. Know, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. They warned us, yeah, because we jumped right into it. First motor's out. Um, <laughs> Jeff, was, Jeff was doing it to me. I was doing it to him, you know. And, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't even remember at that point who was doing right, what and right. who did the last thing. But we did it. We did it one more time. Yeah. We just couldn't control ourselves. Wow. And, uh, that's such a big scandal. Sure like if that happens now, if that happens in 2020, that's a huge yeah. deal. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean to get rid of two of you right. know your kids you've had for a while, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, anyway, so the very next week, Jeff Chambers, <laughs> a good friend of mine, somebody I've known forever, yeah, you know, somebody that I have even to this day have worked on my motorcycle, my big bike, yeah, you know, he had to come to my house and pick up all my stuff. <laughs> wow, yeah, jeez, <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, Chambers, yeah. And because uh, he worked for Team Green, you know, forever right, for right. years. Yep. And uh, yeah, so he he came and picked up my stuff. I don't know how to pick Jeff's stuff up. <laughs> he went to you know Rudy and Dean Suzuki. Yeah. They had a little a little deal back then. Sure. And um, and then I I was just kind of in limbo there through the whole winter ends until I figured something. Yeah, I didn't out. know you even got got. I didn't know uh, you got a Honda. Yeah. So yeah, you actually did race a Honda for a little bit before mm-hmm. the Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, I did. I didn't didn't really have a choice because winter right. ams started pretty quick, and back then, you know, everybody did the winter ams. Yeah, that was kind of in this area. Yep. You know, um, and because uh, we we raced a lot. Yeah, I that... mean, we race all the time. You know, <clears throat> I kind of see some of these guys, these kids, these high end kids, high big name kids. I guess they really don't race that much. Nope. Nope. You know. But, I mean, goodness gracious, like like I said about Timmy, like, we, we raced all the time. Yeah. Man, I mean, like, all the time. And <laughs> once Timmy really started getting out and doing all the big stuff, then we, we saw each other all just racing, racing, racing. Right. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it is a crazy time now. They race four times a year or whatever. And you can see it, though, like on a Supercross track. I go to all these things, you know, Yogi, and they, there's not a lot of guys that have great racecraft. These kids, they don't have great racecraft because yeah. they don't – they ride at facilities by themselves, and when they get into traffic, mm-hmm. you know, you can see they scrub like crazy, and there's a guy right next to them. They just like, ah, screw yeah. it. They don't, they don't have this great race craft, and I think it's from a lack of racing. Like you said, they just don't have yeah. that many gate drops, you know? Yeah. So 
Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um how's the tennis going with, with your kids? How's that going? Are you still doing are they still doing that? Well, you know, um my oldest kid was really got into it, mm-hmm. did it um two years ago in high school and they went to like the sweet sixteen in Georgia and they, they did great, but after that it just kinda got out of it. He got into golf and uh my youngest one actually started playing this year. He actually just started middle school tennis, and then, you know, the coronavirus happened, and that got shut down. Yeah, so yeah. he was really into it. Um, and as far as I go, I haven't been playing because uh, in November, I actually had the four-corner fusion done to my wrist. Oh, the okay. same thing Timmy had done to his. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, I haven't really been doing much of anything. I mean, I've been biking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had to wear a brace and stuff like that. But oh. so no, I want to. Tennis is one of my most favorite things to do. I know. Last time I talked to you, you were you were wide open. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you also you were working with Millsaps for a little while. David Millsaps, of course, retired now and out out here in uh, Havasu, and he been he's been riding a little yep. bit. He got back on a dirt bike. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah. If uh, yeah, if Davy and and I, he, I think he figured this out when you were with him and near the end. But can you imagine if Davey worked as hard as you did his whole career or worked as hard as you as he did with you early in his career with his talent? Uh, he would have I mean, he, look, he already had a fantastic career, won a lot of races, made a lot of money. But, man, he, he can ride a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I look at Davey like I look at Kevin Windham. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of great guys out there that ride dirt bikes. Obviously, Ricky being, you know, one of the best ever. Jeremy being the, you know, best supercross guy ever. These guys are all great. But I guarantee you, if you ask them this same question, they're going to say, as far as who's the most talented guy, just unreal on a dirt bike, mm-hmm. you know, nine times out of ten, they're going to mention a Kevin Windham. and. And by me knowing Davey as much as I did and knowing Kevin also, because mm-hmm. we both spent a ton of time together, Davey was the same way. Mm-hmm. Davey is just like a Kevin Wyndham. Yeah. You know, like, it only took a little bit. Like, <laughs> it didn't need to be over the top like <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, right, you know, right. it only took a little bit. And the year that us going into 2013, that Davey gave me everything, didn't argue about a thing I told him to do. You know, then he went out and battled with, with Villapoto and Dungey until the very, you know, until, yeah, yeah. honestly, not taking anything away from Ryan. Ryan just came back and had an unbelievable end of the season. But when Davey tweaked his knee before Daytona, yep. mental, mentally, that was kind of it for him for Supercross, mm-hmm. you know, because it was just tough. I mean, it yeah. was bothering him and it just, he couldn't do what he excelled at on yep. the motorcycle like he was doing. Yeah. You know, and um, but no, you're you're right. If he, there's a lot of if ands and buts about everybody's career. Yeah, you know, but you know because Davey definitely could have. I mean, he could have won. A, he definitely could have won an indoor title and an outdoor title. Yep. You know, with with me saying that, I compare myself the same way. It we struggled to stay healthy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And healthy is. You know, Davey struggled to to be able to string a whole season together. And as an elite athlete, and I know a lot more about this now that I've I've been cycling a lot more, mm-hmm. is 
you can't really have those big lulls like you know to be in an elite shape like you have to string a year two years together three years together like it's yeah. building blocks yep. that you know you spend a good six eight months training hard riding good good motos never really anything sets you back and then you're set back for the other two or three months mm-hmm. or four months it's just kind of hard to get to that yeah you know that that elite level that you've seen guys here yeah in, it, in recent past dundies and tomax and you know carmichael's your your 2000 supercross season where you hurt your shoulder in practice uh honda you missed the whole year that could have been yep. that could have been a you know a great season for you you'd finished second two years in a row uh and mm-hmm. uh you know kind of took you right took the wind right out of you well, yeah, I could have, I should have. I mean, it was two crazy years. I mean, years where I felt like I was super fast. And um, I really don't think I was ready for that, like ready mentally to mm-hmm. kind of handle the whole Supergirl season, the whole outdoor season. And um, But, yeah, going into 2000, I spent a, a little bit more time trying to get a little bit stronger, like physically, mm-hmm. trying to be able to eliminate all those little stupid little injuries that i was having so i gained about 10 or 15 pounds okay and i was a little bit heavier not saying just trying to put on big bulk muscle but i just tried to get yeah everything a little bit stronger you know the like i said the little stuff but then i think it was daddy or something maybe someone fell in front of you and they were a little bit done didn't really have time to get out there and Hey, one thing I one thing I don't know if I've ever I'm sure I've talked to you about it and probably on our old podcast, but so you know you you go from Suzuki to Yamaha and and then you ride one year Yamaha you do pretty well and then you go to Honda. Did you Mm -hmm. did you have an opportunity to stay at Yamaha? It was a great team. Did Honda offer you more Mm -hmm. money? And do you what was the sequence of you going? To Yamaha for one year only. I did not have an opportunity to stay at Yamaha. Oh, okay. All right. Um, no, it. Uh, let me think back exactly. Maybe so. I left Suzuki in '96, mm-hmm. just really searching for a little better bike. They were, you know, the bikes were getting a lot better at Suzuki then in '96. Definitely from '95 to '96. Yeah. Um, you know and uh so i actually took a little bit less money to go to yamaha that year um for your one year deal yep. just let's just see because i got third that year in, in supercross uh for 96 and uh but they also had kevin on there doug on there and john dowd on there yep. so pretty good that team. was four dudes yeah that, that yeah i mean that's four dudes that could win some races if we all got hot, you know? Yep. Um, but no, at the end of that year, um, you know, Kevin obviously was, you know, the next latest, greatest thing. And, and then Doug, I, I want to say, wasn't Doug developing that four stroke uh, at that time? Yeah. Yeah. 90, yep. 97. Didn't he win the Vegas Supercross that, that year? Uh, he won it in 97. In 97? Yeah. 97. Yeah. Yeah. So there really just wasn't, I just wasn't in the budget. Even though I won um, my first Supercross that year, I won two yep. Supercrosses that year, and one outdoor overall that year. 
Um, I wasn't in the budget. I think JD may have been eligible for the 125 class too or something. But yeah. anyway, so no, Honda um, made me a decent offer. I mean, it wasn't very much, but it was, you know, Jeremy kind of did that thing with him in 97 and left because of that new chassis and yeah. was not real comfortable riding that bike. Um, because it was in the developmental stages. Yeah. Um, so I just sat right there hoping, you know, Stanton was there to kind of help out. And I, I really wanted to get a taste of, uh, you know, somebody, people like that around me that yeah. Yeah. only expected me to win, you know. <laughs> um, you know, so that's how that happened. <clears throat> how was the bike? How about those aluminum, aluminum frames early on? Not Not the greatest, huh? It was, you know, it was one of those things where it was unbelievable in some places, like ridiculously good in mm-hmm. some places, but then it was very surprisingly bad in other places, um, you know, and it was something you just couldn't predict. Yep. Um, but the engines on the Hondas were just unreal, uh, just unreal. And uh, let's see, but, it, you know, we, we tried as much as we could to get them yeah. as good as we could but they still the inconsistency and yep you know a combination of it and then me just wanting to ride the thing wide open everywhere <laughs> just wasn't a good yeah. combination you, you like to ride everything <laughs> wide open everywhere yogi that was normally what you tried to do yeah you know i loved it though yeah. i mean yeah. not, i wouldn't regret it i don't regret it for anything in the world but um you know you know i was talking to you know uh who told me they love the 97 and 98 hondas was big bird Big Bird's like, I love that thing. Yeah. I'm like, Larry, you're the only guy. You're literally the only guy. That- well, you know, that's weird you say that, though, Steve, because, like, when Davey rode for JGR uh-huh. on that on that Yamaha, yep. you know, James was really struggling with it. Like, mm-hmm. he really, oh, yeah. you know, Davey kind of had the same, uh, he said the same things about it that Bubba was talking about it. Davey's body type. He really just he could make the thing do something he wanted it to do that that Bubba couldn't because yeah. he's and you saying that about Bird is he that's he's probably a big the guy. same thing. yeah 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 like I couldn't get the thing to do some of the thing wanted it Big Bird so he took advantage of the positives and not as much the negatives. All right, Yogi, we switched to a landline, so that'll work a little better. The Wi-Fi was cutting in and out here. Um, yeah, you're right about that. The bigger guy. You know who else? Uh, you know Colton Fasciati is a Canadian champion. Um, yeah. He's a big guy, and he loved that early Yamaha. He thought it was great, yeah. you know, and he was a big dude. He's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know? So oh, wow. I think there yeah. is something to that. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that little bit of extra leverage that those guys have, but, you know. That's kind of the same thing, you know, Bubba versus um, Davey and me versus Larry. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, <clears throat> we kind of, me and Bubba had a little bit more issues with our, our bikes in, in those different years. Right. Um, it was funny, too, to talk to you the last time we did one of these podcasts. So, 98, 99, you're second overall in a Honda to Supercross to, to Jeremy. You, you took him out at the one race, <laughs> and you admitted, <laughs> you admitted to me at the time, you're like, that was dumb, and... You know, you were just frustrated that Jeremy was beating you, and because for a few years you were one of the only guys to beat him, and uh, mm. and it was funny to hear you say like, even Jeremy was like, "WTF," <laughs> you know. But you were just yeah. said you said you were mad, you were frustrated. So here you yeah. go, I'm gonna knock you down. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's still crying about that one. He, it, it, you know, but it's, it's whatever, man. I mean, it, you know, I, I'm, we're both adults now. I mean, yeah. yeah, we can laugh about it, and nobody got hurt. I mean, it was one of those kind of takeouts where it's if he got hurt, then it wouldn't have been cool right. by right. any means, you know. But <clears throat> I mean, it was kind of the end of the season. I was frustrated. I, I had gotten taken out by his one of his buddies a couple times throughout that year mm-hmm. and it was just i uh struggled i think me and mike were duking it out there for most of that main event Larocco, mm-hmm. and and then uh it took me pretty much the whole main for me and mike to kind of separate and uh i got up to jeremy there at that end and just i didn't want to see that Yamaha in front of me another time. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, I just kind of, you kind of wish yeah. not that guys would do that nowadays, do what I did, because that was, yeah, that was a pretty much a, a T bone. But, uh, you know, just lay it out there, man. Just show what you're made of kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, but I think they, they all pat each other on the back when they get, when it's over. It, you know, we want to go to the lake together. It's a different time now. Well, that that, that leads me to my one of my other questions I want to talk to you about. Like, and, and this is something that myself and Red Dog were talking about too. Like, do these guys all ride together now? Right? You got the Baker's Factory. You got uh, uh, all these guys kind of teaming up and riding together. But Blake Baggett still kind of does his own thing out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you had Roxon and uh, AC are riding together. This is this doesn't happen in your day. James and Chad don't ride together. You you and Jeremy don't ride together. You, it, it's a it's a little weird. And and then you see on Instagram on social media, your direct rival will be giving you a thumbs up to your post or or whatever. And I, I it, it still takes me a little bit to wrap my head around this Yogi that these guys are all that way because it sure wasn't like that back in the day. I mean, you told a story, you know, when Ricky Ricky and you rode together all the time, and as soon as he moved up, that was it. You were the mm-hmm. enemy. He he wasn't going to ride with you anymore, despite all these years of friendship. That's how it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, not to get in me and Ricky's deal much, but I mean, that's kind of the way it was. You know, I mean, we both saw it coming. Yeah. You know, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. He started riding the big bikes. We still rode together a little bit, and then, uh, you know, kind of really honestly, once he got Alden involved, that's kind of when we, you know, just kind of separated. But. You know, honestly, I mean, that's that's the way it should have been. Right. You know, I, w- I was a little mad about it for a long time, but it's only because I kind of lost a friend. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't lose a friend, but we kind of yeah. didn't hang out anymore, you know, and, and <clears throat> I wasn't too pumped about that because we knew each other for a long time and, and stuff. But uh, that's, I mean, that's the way it needed to be. Yeah, that was it. You know, that's, that's the way it needed to be, and, you know, and. It's not like that but, now. You know, I mean, just like me and Timmy, I mean, we, I would go down to Florida, or Timmy would come up and ride with me and Ricky and Walker and Sellards. You know, I mean, we would ride together, but you better believe it, that when we went to race, I mean, we were going to race. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. there was no, I mean, there was no doubt about it, what we were going to what we were gonna do. We weren't going to T-bone each other. I didn't look at any of those guys like I did Jeremy that night. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I guess maybe, unfortunately, a lot of them look at it like a business. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and I understand. I mean, you, you want to try to make 
some money and try to not piss everybody off. You never know the next year if you're going to need that guy maybe to help you get on that team or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I can never live with myself if that's the way it needed to be. But you it, know, like it's I, a different time. I would walk yeah. away. Yeah. Well, also too, like, and, and and you know, you've been around long enough even now that you know this is how this is. But so in '99, Wyndham joins Honda, and mm-hmm. uh, you're there. Pishon is there. Yeah. You know, Pishon's a world champion, and he's there. Uh, yep. and, and, and and over at Kawasaki, you got um, – well, back then, I guess you would have had uh, Ricky and Big Bird and Dowdy around that time. Not so. I guess that that's not the same. But, okay, the Yamaha team of you, Dowd, Henry, Wyndham, right? That's mm-hmm. – my point is we just see – there's Ken Roxon, and Justin Brayton plays a secondary role. There's Eli Tomac and AC, and before that – Joey Savacci, second. There's one big dog on these teams now, and whether it's their mm-hmm. salaries that dictate that, or whether it's the ego slash the teams can only manage it. There's clear mm-hmm. pecking orders in teams now. Didn't yeah. used to be that way. It didn't used to be mm-hmm. that way at all. And, and nowadays, like you don't want to upset that big dog. The tail wags the dog in that sense. Yep. And yep. and not it wasn't that way in your day, you know. No. So it's a different. No, you're exactly right. If it, if that was a situation, like if there was somebody on the team that you knew was not hired to win races, I mean, they were just kind of a filling guy that was maybe a test guy and a racer, but not really somebody like, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is definitely, yeah, they don't want to ruffle feathers. No, no. And, and um, meanwhile, you and Wyndham and, and you and Dowdy and Wyndham and Henry are all dressing in the same truck together and mm-hmm. and you're all capable yeah. of winning that night. You know? Yeah, well, like you just mentioned, you know, you go that that's two years of two teams that were like ridiculously <laughs> yeah. some sick practice days. Well, no, like ninety seven with me and Kevin, J D and Doug, and then ninety nine, then Kevin came to Honda mm-hmm. and then Mikhail came over and Sebastian was Ah, you know, I forgot about Tortilla. Yeah. All right, Tortilla. Yeah. yeah. And uh I mean, holy moly. Like that <laughs> that year which those two guys were still um you know, learning kind of how the Supercross thing goes and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't hire – there wasn't one specific person on that team. Definitely me already have been there and won some races, you know. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't try to make it seem like I was I was the main guy. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. treated everybody the same. Yeah. And uh, they actually probably put more work into Sebastian and Mikhail that year just because they needed to – and right. Kevin, right. just because they needed to get more adapted to the bike, and I was kind of already settled into what I wanted. You know, it was the same chassis. Yeah, who was the who was the most underrated <laughs> teammate you had? Who was the most under guy we don't talk about enough? The guy that you know you were pretty you were amazed with, or you you couldn't believe could ride that well, or is there somebody that comes right. to mind? Mm, let's see, eight hundred thousand. Or even Suzuki days, you know, you were on, you had some big teams back then. So, yeah. I don't know. Anybody come to mind? Um, I mean, nobody that's, that, that would surprise you, but, you know, Mikhail leaving, yep. you know, halfway through yeah. that year, like, high point. Yeah. That was kind of a bummer, you know, because he was, man, another one of those John Michelle Bell type of guys, you know, that, that could, you know, had great 125 years with, with Mitch and Pro Circuit. Yep. Um, and so you kind of wonder, like, I knew he could be somebody. Like, he jumped out there in 99, and 
uh, I won, you know, A1, and mm-hmm. he got second. Well, he got second. I think uh, who got third? Maybe LaRocco got third. Kevin got fourth. Yeah. And uh, we were all on Hondas, but Mikael was just within two or three seconds the whole time. So he was always somebody I knew it was going to eventually start winning races. And maybe not that first year in 99, but maybe 2000. Yeah. You know, but he just didn't really get a chance to kind of to get going, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So he, probably him. Yeah. You know, I mean, probably him. I mean, I don't think he would have surprised anybody if he would have done that. He just never really got the chance after that yeah. half a season. No, it's probably a good point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Ezra Lusk, uh, presented by Maxis and Renthal. FlyRacing.com for more information. Check them out on the web. Order some stuff online right now. Thank you to Maxis and Renthal as well. And Racetech, Racetech.com. Pulp 20 is a code to save with Racetech. Uh, get your motor work done. Get suspension work done. And, um, yeah, appreciate uh, everybody supporting Racetech and Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Ezra. Thanks, Yogi, for doing this. I got a few more questions, and we can uh, right. we can wrap this up. Um what kind of what when you were did you not, not did none of one of you, did neither of your kids ever show any interest in riding dirt bikes? Did you just never going to get it into them? Um, they both had motorcycles at one point. Yeah, and they just kind of you know kids grow up they go different ways. Um, they never really showed interest to want to do any more than anything local. You know. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and I'm that dad that <clears throat> I don't get my kids participation trophies, <laughs> and they they know that if they're going to do something, then they don't have to do it at the level I did it. Yeah, but they're going to do it and give me the best version of themselves that they can. You know. Yeah. And motocross is one of those things. That, I mean, you're going to practice a little bit. You're going to understand what the motorcycle is going to do. You're going to be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to let you be a weekend warrior and just let's go five hours away and go race for yeah. this place. You ain't yeah. rode in two weeks, but let's go race. <laughs> you know, I'm not that guy. So me being that guy just kind of didn't, right. you know, really open it up to continue to You're like, to look, do it, if we're so. doing it, we're going to, we're, we're maybe not going to do it, go full red dog, but we're going to be somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know. You take somebody like Red Dog, though, and Evan, like, I mean, Evan wants to be there. Oh, yeah. The kid loves riding his dirt bike. Yeah. You know, like, he he loves, like, I, we went to Loretta's this year, and I'll talk about Timmy a lot, but I never really met Evan before. I just follow him on social media. Right. And I was watching back in that one Sandy section that I was telling you yeah. about, and uh, there was a tabletop, kind of double-ish tabletop right there by it. And he came by and, like, did just a full-blown, like, super scrub, like, just a super scrub. <laughs> so I was up there talking to him, and I met Evan. You know, it was the first time I really seen, I met him in person. And, and I'm like, dude, that was the sickest scrub I've ever seen. And he's like, yeah, there was so-and-so-and-so-and-so so there taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> he already he had it scoped out. out. Just because yeah. there was somebody taking pictures. Well. Our mutual, among all of our mutual friends, we joke because Evan looks like he really just wants to ride Supercross yeah, more, yeah. more than out, more than motocross. He, he very much yeah. big on the scrubs and the bangers and and everything yeah. else. And we're like, oh, just like his dad, just a Supercross yeah. warrior like his dad. <laughs> you yeah, know? but always, yeah, like he he's truly enjoying riding the dirt bike. Yeah, you know. Yep. And I mean, my kids would much rather, or my youngest kid would much rather ride his little 110 here in the yard mm-hmm. and hit these little jumps and just, <laughs> you know, enjoy that part about yeah. it, not the pressure part of 
do, going to Loretta's. Yeah, do they ever put on old videos of you and watch or anything, YouTube stuff they pull up, and you're just like, ah, yeah. No, 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 they don't. They're not really into me. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't ever really like, I don't ever watch it. You yeah, know, like yeah. I was saying when we before we started, like I've been watching a lot of old stuff, like 92, 91, you know, Bradshaw, Stan, yeah. Bale, all those kind of yeah. my heroes. And uh, But I've been just doing it on my phone. Like I haven't been hooking it up to the TV right, right. and all that, you know, because they're not really they're not really into it. I, I mean, they're they're into their own things. Someone was asking me ah, somehow it came up. The loudest stadiums I've heard. I don't know where this came up. I don't remember this. And I brought up a couple examples. And I said, Jeremy in like his heyday in like Minneapolis and St. Louis and Indianapolis, those smaller domes. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever heard stadiums that loud, especially like if he was got a fifth or sixth place start and was passing guys. You wouldn't even mm-hmm. you, you would hear the roar. And as a mechanic, you'd look up and you're like, oh, Jeremy just passed a dude for fifth. Like, they, everyone was watching him, right? And mm-hmm. then I brought up your heyday in the Georgia Dome. Um, must be unreal those days when you're, you're Yogi Lusk, your Honda, factory Honda, you're going to the Georgia Dome, you know, Jeremy's showing up. Like, I remember people losing their minds, 65,000 people losing their minds over you, opening ceremonies, mm-hmm. the black helmet, all this stuff. Um God, that must have been pretty cool, Yogi. I don't know if you looked at it like if you, if you look back and you just think about pressure because that's what that is, or if you look back yeah. and think, "Fuck, that was awesome." Yeah, no, I mean it did does. I, I have slowed down a lot here in the past few years and thought about it all, and it it definitely was. I mean, it was awesome to be in that situation. Um, you you kind of wish I would have took a little bit more advantage of of. Not the racing side and all that, but uh, the person that you were back then and uh-huh. how you could affect people's lives. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. I did a little bit here and there, but, you know, you kind of wish there there would have been more opportunities because you are somebody huge, you know. And right. you don't really look at it that way because you're so caught up in the moment and caught up in what you have to do. And, you know, embracing Jeremy McGrath, you know, and – um. But no, I, I definitely look back and I appreciate it. That is for sure. I just I think about like how awesome that would have been for you mm-hmm. to just have the stadium losing their mm-hmm. minds. Uh, just yeah. a, it's a special moment, right? So yeah, yeah. no, it really is. Yeah, it's really something you think about forever. And uh, every every year I go to the place, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. It is you know, I hope a lot of the guys kind of feel the same way. You know, I mean you're. You're never gonna get that back. You know, yep, really yeah. no, nothing you do from that point on is ever gonna <laughs> bring that feeling back. Like when you go yeah. into Home Depot, they're not all standing like nowadays. If you go into Home Depot, no. they're not all standing there <laughs> freaking out. <No. laughs> they're not there for you. No, no. I no. just I, and that's one of the times that I was telling people. I said Yogi at his height in the Georgia Dome was pretty amazing. Like, uh, mm-hmm. just I don't think there was one McGrath fan in there. You know what I mean? It yeah. was. So, yeah. yeah, those are those are special times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there was a lot of McGrath fans there, though, in the Georgia Dome. I mean, you know, yeah. probably it's probably equal, though, I would think. Oh, because no, it, it wasn't. Come on. It no, was no, most... no. Well, no, what I was going to say, not equal, 
but probably about as equal as it was when I was in at Anaheim. Yeah, you know, I probably had about the same amount of fans as Jeremy had sure, in Georgia. Sure, yeah, you maybe know. right. Yeah, you just flip flop. I didn't get booed. Right, right. <laughs> um, hey, do you obviously you and your dad didn't didn't always get along? Did he push you too hard looking back on it? Because I talked to a guy recently, and he was telling me like. My dad pushed me really hard. It wasn't a great relationship, but I also became a professional and, and you know did really well at this because of my dad. And they and it's I don't want to give the guy's name because it was kind of off the record conversation, but they had right. a huge falling out. They they reconciled. Everything else is fine now and all of that. But at time he said I hated him. I hated him. But would I have been as good without him? No. And now he's retired mm-hmm. and has his money and everything else. That's not Tim Ferry, by the way. If people are wondering. Um, you know, so what do you when you look back on it? I mean, your dad was, you know, everybody knows your dad was pretty gnarly. Do you? Mm-hmm. How do you look back on that? Well, for me, um, the number one thing I got out of that is the discipline. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, the discipline is something you're not born with. You may, I may have been born with the ability to deal with the pressure of racing, or or to be able to ride a dirt bike. I don't really think you're really born to ride a dirt bike, right? But you're 100 percent not born with just the best discipline in the world. And you know, racing dirt bikes that that's got to be built into you like quickly, like yeah. quickly. Um, so you know that yes. Um, you know, I think what I, you know, you were talking about me always being somebody yeah. from the get go. I wish if I could have it all over, I would have probably had more failures as a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. wish that I probably would have not been that guy like the whole time because I think in the pros, especially those years there that I was doing good it was tougher to deal with not winning. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that I let that kind of go too long. You know, I needed to have that, that memory of just, boom, it's gone, you know, forget it, move on. And I don't think I really had that. Um, You know, you don't want to really go back and, you know, lose because of it. But I just think maybe, you know, that probably wouldn't have came from him, right? but maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't really know how that, how you could get yeah, it. How, how do you do that, right? Yeah, you don't. How yeah, do you do right, that? Right, you know, yeah, yeah. because uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe someone's a little bit more of uh, that's got that knowledge. You know, I, I you know a lot of the kids nowadays do have a, a huge support group. They do, yeah, a support group like you see in the pros. You know, so maybe maybe that would be, you know, the, right. the mag- magic wand, but. Uh, well, I mean, the discipline, you know, the everyday going running. I mean, I ran five miles every day. I rode every day. Yeah. And and that kind of developed some discipline in me as I got older to know that, you know, every single day it's yeah. work. It's work. It's work. Um, such a, such a, such a strange lifestyle for a kid, but that's what you had to do. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the, lot of the time you don't really want to do it. <laughs> You know, no. you, I mean, you know, I don't remember wanting to do it. I love riding my dirt bike. I, I remember when it would rain, I knew it was going to be a lot of fun because yeah. it was actually going to be ruts and not just, you know, freaking moon dust. And so that was always fun, <laughs> but, but not 
you know, not five days a week and then go racing on the weekend. Yeah. Not as a eight, nine, ten, twelve, fourteen yeah. year old kid. Dude, crazy, right? Like it's just uh mm-hmm. the stuff and, and and I mean I talked to Bobby Moore for a feature and about Eddie Hicks and Mike Healy and these guys even earlier in the early eighties and, and I mean, you know, Bobby Moore is telling me the parents would be getting in fist fights all the time. It'd be no it'd be mm-hmm. it'd be a regular occurrence. And I'm just like, What? He's like, That was pro racing. That was what it was. It was pressure. It was you know, times have changed since then. You know, we're we're way more politically correct now and all of that. But yeah, it was a different yeah. time for you guys. You know, but on the other hand, you became one of the best riders in the world at your peak. Right. You know, and you made a lot of money racing and, and all of that. So that's all dedication, right, and discipline, like you said. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, for sure. Is your '03 Phoenix win for Cowie? It's one of your best wins. Now, just hear me out. Just because you'd already been through some injuries, you hadn't won mm-hmm. for a little bit. You know, you were you, people were like, "Oh, you know, whatever." Yogi's the secondary guy, blah blah blah. And you rode mm-hmm. amazing that night and pulled off the win. Like, is, where does that one rank for you? Uh, you're right. I mean, it it, it was a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So maybe from. I was real close in 01. I had a couple good races with Ricky and Supercross in 01. Yeah. Um, and Ricky, Ricky won those. So 99 would have been my last year. So a four year gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I don't look at that one really as like a oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A hard. I mean, no, you're you're exactly right. It's kind of one of those that it's so far out there. You kind of know that this could be the last chance you get. Right. Kind of deal. Um. But no, I would have to say that one at that same place, Phoenix, um, with Jeremy in yeah, yeah. '98 was probably the gnarliest, just because I had felt horrible all day on the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he just destroyed me in the heat race, and uh, just and then to come back and then win the main event. Um, I. I don't know. I made a couple tire changes. Cliff White, being the smart guy he is, and uh, I did a couple tire changes, and then went out. I don't know if you remember that place that night, but it was like racing on the I-15 out there. Uh, ninety-eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Was. I remember. I don't remember. Remember ninety? Maybe I'm getting my years mixed up. But one time, it was yeah, Dusty and Hartback in the Through Mechanics area, right around that year. It's one of those years. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It was horrendous, but. Oh. I don't know. Those two would be tough. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that main event, me and Chad just kind of rode around that whole time. Like, it, yeah. you know, well, Ricky actually was a part of that for the first maybe eight or ten laps. And then he tucked his front end, I think, going into the first turn. Um, so he was he was out of it. So then it was just me and Chad just kind of riding around until the end of the race and <laughs> just kind of I riding around you were, you were doing more than riding around yogi but that's all right well um, well you know when, yeah, yeah. when you're when us two three are together like and nobody's really wanting to make a pass you're just kind of putting in the laps i don't know that that happened well, to me two or three times throughout my career and I, uh i believe you know. uh i believe that night in phoenix too that oh three the mathis ferry combo was fastest in practice in both sessions i just want to put that out there we we couldn't get Were it you? done i couldn't we couldn't get it done in the main but just want to put that yeah. out there <laughs> so there you go. um well yeah yeah uh i always uh oh by the way was cliff white not one of the smartest guys you've ever worked with right like just yeah he 
Amazing. Yeah, he was. He was. He he just didn't say a whole lot, but when he <laughs> didn't did, say it was much at all. You know, no, he listened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, right? Yeah. Uh, I always I've told this story a bunch on my show and over the years. Oh four, you get a Mach one Yamaha ride, and you get old work stuff from Yamaha that we used. And I was with Red Dog, of course, on the factory team, and you're riding with us, and you basically have Chad's bike from oh four, or from oh mm-hmm. three, I should say. We had some newer stuff. And I tell the story, like, you were going as fast as Chad, if not faster, um, and it was looking really good. Um, you know, you were beating Red Dog, and I was like, oh, shit. And Chad was having his guy film you, and you would stop on the track, and then your guy would film Chad, and he wouldn't ride. And it was this whole cat-and-mouse game of watching you and Chad kind of, you know, throw down before the season. And, mm-hmm. man, you were good. And I remember one time, too, it was all muddy and someone had overwatered or some or the rain or something and you didn't care you're out there riding and you know flailing around and in the mud and no one and these other guys are like i'm not I'm waiting until it dries and i just i was so impressed with you that preseason. i'm like dude this guy still got it now of course you mm-hmm. didn't work out it crashed and you hurt yourself and and mm-hmm. that but man you were fast before the year started yeah well speaking about the knowing that it's kind of getting toward the end, mm-hmm. you know, and that was kind of the off season where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can. And, and so I kind of did the same kind of stuff and, um, just rode a lot, yeah. rode a lot, tried to get used to that bike. And, but yeah, I fell at Anaheim, I think the very first round and yeah. hurt my hand and it, it really never, it never really, uh, healed up, but that was, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that it. Was but it for me. I, hey, but, yeah. I'll always remember the preseason when Chad was legitimately worried about you. I'll remember yeah, well, that. You know, and that's the biggest battle with yourself is just putting in the work, getting the discipline in and making sure you're you're prepared. I mean, you don't do that. Then I was never that guy that was going to show up at A1 and be ready to race. Yeah. You know, and you're – Always better off putting in the work and seeing what happens than not and hoping <laughs> yeah. for a miracle. Yeah, exactly you know? right. Uh, <laughs> I always felt like you were a hard worker off the bike your whole career, even in Suzuki days, you know, when a lot of kids don't get it right away. Uh, uh, a lot of guys rely on talent. But I always remember, I remember a few rides for you on Suzuki 125s where just you would rip through the pack at the end of the moto. And again, in my eyes, you know, you're the, you're the Michael Lessie, you're the James Stewart of amateurs in my eyes, and and, and mm-hmm. I'm watching you, and, and, you know, you're supposed to be it. You're supposed to be the guy. And I always mm-hmm. was impressed where you would rip through the pack, and I'm like, yeah, this guy obviously still trains. He doesn't just think he's, you know, going mm-hmm. gonna to waltz in here and, and dominate or anything. You, you seem to put the work your whole career. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the biggest things talking about the young kids coming up and stuff is, is who you surround yourself with mm-hmm. and – it always seemed like there was somebody around me that was like always in great shape that I kind of looked up to and kind of okay. compared myself yeah. to like, you know, kind of my early like Honda days, you know, when me and Ricky were kind of hanging out a lot and I hung out a lot with uh, Johnny O'Mara yep. and Johnny was just a straight beast, you know, <laughs> he still and is he by did, the way. <laughs> he still well, is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And, um, just, you know, being around that, like, yep. you know, the fitness off the bike, you know, it's one thing to be strong on the bike, but to be strong off the bike, like, it just gives you so much more confidence, and I enjoyed it. Like, once once I kind of understood that you have to enjoy this process, like, 
you can't just do this process and be try to be somebody because that's what the book says you do. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do it and believe in that and like want to be that. Like even now to this day, I took a few years off. Obviously, when I was done racing, I didn't really train and all of that stuff. And now I do it again, mountain bike wise. And like I, you have to enjoy being like I'm talking about Johnny being a beast. Like yeah. I'm trying to be that beast now at 44 like i enjoy that you know and uh but yeah i mean i had somebody back in the suzuki days that i was around um and like i said it's just great to have that kind of people around you right would you would you come back and work with a racer now would you want to do that i don't know if you what your what your life is like as far as traveling and doing all that but would you still do it like what you did for davy um, I think if it was for somebody like Davey, you know, that that really wanted to be there. I mean, Davey wanted to be there. They, you know, it just um, – Davey's Davey. You know, everybody <laughs> knows Davey. I mean, it, it's it's tough to be in that situation, be that high profile, and continue year after year to be at that level. Yeah. You know, it was tough for me, tough for him, tough for a lot of guys. But, um you know, it just depends. I mean, that, that's a whole nother can of worms to open up. But, <laughs> right, um, right. I, uh, I enjoy it, that's for sure, but I enjoy it at that level. You know, I, I enjoy trying to find those tenths and seconds. I always, <laughs> uh, I always like, Davey and I didn't see eye to eye. He didn't like a lot of stuff that I wrote and said about him. And it would be, you know, from people at Honda that I would get stuff from and people at Suzuki. Like, so I was reporting on stuff that they were telling me and this and that but but we did find a common ground years later and we're okay now we're fine i'm trying to go riding with him one of these times and i really admire so he took my buddy alex ray under his wing Mm -hmm. um and he doesn't have to he didn't know a ray he didn't know you know a ray is a a main event guy right Uh, um kind of out of shape but could go could go fast and uh davy helps him out still to this day he's never charged him a dime He, he Took him up the bike rides, took him up to the gym, and I always admire that. Like, Davey didn't have mm-hmm. to do that. I, I was, thought it was cool. He was paying it forward a little bit, you know, and helping this guy right. out, you know? So, yeah. Well, Davey's been around a lot of good people, mm-hmm. you know, but from ex motocrossers to ex trainers, I mean, some really elite trainers that he's been around. And, uh, it, you know, that's a good thing about him is he's smart with that. I mean, he knows, he's seen it. Yeah. You yep. know, and, um, so yeah, I mean that's cool. I, I always know, thought it was cool I, of him. Yeah, I always thought it was nice of him. You know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. Before we go, um, what was the best bike you ever raced? The best bike I ever raced. Yep. You know, even though I had a love hate relationship with that Honda, <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I call man, it's tough. That '97 Yamaha was really good too. Yeah. Yeah, they were good. You know, you're talking about Ricky and me hanging out a lot with him and right. us riding together. Like, every year, Ricky rode my bikes. <laughs> 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 I can say this now yeah, so nobody yeah. will really cry. And he rode my Yamaha. You know, he rode my Honda. He loved the Yamaha, but he, then he loved the Honda. I mean, the engines were great, yeah. you know. and uh, But it just – I think, um, man – I don't know. I yeah. think I would go back and I try to find a way to make that that Honda work a little bit better. Right, right. Yeah, they're yeah. smarter about it now than than they were back then too, as far as the chassis, yeah. you know, and everything. 
So yeah, I think I think with the technology, if we had to go back and race that year again, like and try to get our bikes, mm-hmm. you know, whatever or whatever year we chose, I would I would work hard on getting that thing a little bit better because it it was. I loved it more than I hated it. It just bit me at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's always plenty of rumors, Yogi, about different frames being used by you guys, too, over the years. Um, not, yeah, not me, but I, I've heard about that. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, all these factories, they, they try everything. They do. It's not, yeah. it's not a hidden thing. We we tried, you know, adding, adding aluminum, taking away aluminum. We tried it all. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's obviously illegal to take any away. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I did. No, we, we did some things stock. too on some teams I was on too. So you know, but, yeah, you know, but. yeah. I mean, you know, it. I think AMA is a lot smarter now. I mean, not smarter. I mean, Duke Finch back in the day was he was you know a great guy, but I don't think they really took that amount of time. <laughs> I don't to think so either. No, I don't pull think the so. frame apart. No, I but, don't think uh, so. My favorite yeah. story is there's an OEM that cheated. Uh, with a different cylinder head uh, years ago, but they gave mm. the AMA because the AMA is supposed to go and buy this production parts, but they don't. They asked the mm. OEMs to give them the production parts, so the mm. OEM just gave the AMA the modified different cylinder that was totally different than production. And so yeah. when they compared it, they're like, "Yep, it's the same." <laughs> but, <laughs> like, yeah, they just gave you the the, the the illegal part, AMA. Good job, good job, uh, AMA. So yeah, well, see for us that year, if I'm going to choose that bike, uh, which I'm struggling with that that '97 Yamaha, man. <laughs> Lord, it, it was good. Yeah, no, I mean that's a bike, a, dude. That that it, bike's not far off what Chad won the Supercross title on. Mm, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. Mm. No, I, it, that'd be a very, very hard one. I don't know. I'm going to have to get that motor a little bit more perked up in 97. Yeah. On that Yamaha, run her. But, uh, yeah, no, we had more of a problem with the frames, the yep. chassis on the Hondas, than we did the engines. But right. Good well, stuff. Um, thanks, man. Thanks for the chat down memory lane. Always, uh, yeah. like I said, I've been watching old races, reading old cycle nooses, and you're all over them. And that was that's what made me uh, text you up. I was like, oh, man, I haven't talked to Yogi for a while. So, yeah. uh, you know, cool. I really appreciate the time for sure on the podcast. I'm sure people uh, miss having you at the races, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Like when you go to Atlanta, like do people recognize you? Are people like, hey, Yogi? Uh, well, yeah, my crowds are older that recognize me, <laughs> you know, Yeah. but no, I mean, I, I would like to go into the pits and like meet a lot of the young guys, but it's kind of weird, you know, like yeah. I don't really know anybody to say, Hey, introduce me to whatever, like, cause you know, I watch them every weekend. I'm still into it, yeah. you know, huge. Uh, I met, uh, Shane McElrath, a I think not this year, but last year. Uh-huh. And he's a super cool dude. Um, I was actually going to try to go see him again this year, but we just ran out of time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but no, nobody, not very many people recognize me. Somebody, uh, I was, damn it, I can't remember. One of the modern guys told me, like, that guy Yogi. He goes, like, that guy was that guy was my favorite. Like I love that guy, and I forget who it was. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's Ezra. Like he's like, he's a great guy. Yeah, that guy was badass. He's black black gear, and and I'm just like, I, it's, it's we're so old, Yogi. And I'm just like, 
Yeah, it's Yogi. Like, I can tell you all about him. Like, he comes around. And this kid was yeah. struggling to really remember much other than he really liked you for black gear mm-hmm. and your style, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. God, boy. <laughs> yeah. So That's funny. Uh, well, hey, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Glad yeah, you're doing well. So, um, Thank you. Come out to Vegas. Let's mountain bike. As long as you don't hate e-bikes. Do you hate? Are you one of those guys that hate e-bikes? No. Okay. A lot of the guys around here make fun of e-bikes on on the trails, just because uh, the whole KOM thing. <laughs> I know. Listen, I get it. If I get a KOM, I delete it. All right. Do you? Yes, I but do. Not. I don't. I don't even do Strava anymore. I mean, I I thought about doing it again. I, I follow. A, you know, Bostrom lives out there by you, or lives in Vegas. Yeah, he's got I, I almost all him. the KOMs on the stuff I ride. He's, oh, I'm sure he yeah. does. I'm uh, sure he, does. he crushes it. I don't know. I don't remember him being this ultra fit guy when he raced or whatever. But man, he he crushes it. Well, you know, I don't. I I'm pretty sure that there was a time when Ben was really gnarly at road biking. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. like I want to say he was like. Uh, just I just heard this through people that he was like could maybe go on a tour type really gnarly road okay. bike but yeah like I heard he was super strong yeah yeah you know who is out yeah. here that that rides a lot is Duhamel he rides a oh, lot of he? lot of he rides a lot of road but it's all by where my house is I see him yeah. on Strava all the time so yeah he's older obviously now but he still gets out there and cranks but but no oh, listen sure. you ride an e bike I'm right. a fatter guy I ride my e bike on low. So I got the mm-hmm. lowest amount of assist. My heart rate's like 140, 150, mm-hmm. like, a ma- you know, average. I'm grinding, Yogi. It's just that I'm on an e-bike, you know? So. Hey, they're not easy to ride. I mean, you get a little assist here and there, but then when you don't have that assist, it, I mean, you're pushing a daggum 40-pound bike up a hill. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's, Trust me. But no, it's a great workout, man. Okay. Keep doing it. I, I will work on that. I'm trying to get – so Davey's got one, but he's got a regular bike too, and I'm like, bring it on out, Davey. Let's do the e-bike stuff. Or the regular bike, like whatever it is. Yeah. Come on out, Millsaps. So, yeah. If I ever end Good. up yeah. e biking with Davey Millsaps, that'll be the true f- tr- tradition of pigs have flown. Like, that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> he hated me for so long. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, when you're when you're in that situation, I mean, there's a lot of guys that said a lot of things about me back then that. Yeah. But, you know, you grow up. <clears throat> um, well, yeah. hey, man. Um, thanks for the time, Yogi. Yep. Glad you're well, uh, and uh, again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory... We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone 
even harder, jump farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.